You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On a very good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good everything, wherever this fine and fabulous Foxborough fan-centric podcast finds you. Your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart, bringing you the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things from WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Today, a little three-parter for you, a little something to send you off into the very good weekend. The if I'm not cur- if I'm not mistaken, Andrew, the final weekend of February. Now we are but almost two weeks removed from the Super Bowl. We'll do a little Pat's Purry off the top, the news notes and nuggets circulating around Pat's Nation. Then we'll get into our continued series, the positional off-seasonal reviews. We're going to tackle the offensive line. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, guard yourself from that. We'll have to center things up to get that one going. Help. And finally, of course, the questions from the minds of the Mad Pats fans and more. A little mailbag at the end of the pod. All right, I just want to get right down. <laughs> Cut to the BS, no chaser, straight up, neat in the glass. Here we go. Dude, Pats fans in general and the media, other GMs, talent evaluators, everyone, but in specific, people that cover and or root for the New England Patriots football team, need to get their ish together because it is, uh, to use triggering Wells Report phraseology, more probable than not that Michael McCorkle, a.k.a. Mac Jones, is going to be your starting quarterback for the 2023 season. And should he play very well, exceptionally well, to even pretty darn good, he'll likely be the quarterback the year after that. And then we can get into whether or not he'll be the quarterback after that. That'll be 2025. We will be lucky to still be here on this planet we call Earth by that point. And yet still, whether it's Tom Curran joining Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show, having to declare that over, quote, Robert Kraft's dead body, would he trade him this offseason? Whether it's the the rankings, I know that got a little morbid for me as well, but still at the same time, I see the point that Tom E was trying to hammer home. Then you got the QB rankings heading into 2023, provided by former Patriots quarterback, 2008 hero, and current NBC Sports Boston analyst Matt Castle, where he's ranked 25th of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, which was just borderline preposterous to me. And Andy, any tweet, any post, whether it's uh, the off-season quiz that we put up last night, a poll on the Rich Keefe Show at Rich Keefe Show. What is the biggest question heading into 2023? Can Mac Jones return to form or even excel past his 2021 stats was the winner of the poll question. But check the mentions on any Mac post. Half of the mentions from Pats fans following the done-dirty 2022 season are Mac is mid at best. Mac is trash. It should be zappy. Get Lamar. Get Rodgers. 
Pats are going nowhere this season. Mac is toast. I don't want him as my quarterback. I I mean, I can't be- I still honestly cannot believe people will not give this guy. This is beyond Andy. This is now far beyond. I'm still mad about Brady. This is flat out people just from the attitude to the stats to the poor performance. Um, maybe just sort of uh, creating their own narrative and beyond. Seems like legitimately half of the people that cover, talk about, and root for the Patriots are already out on Mac Jones. What the f is he going to be able to do to win them back? Oh, I think, and and we've talked a little bit about this. We're such simpletons as fans. Win three games in September, throw for three hundred yards twice, have eight touchdowns and one pick, and all you frauds will be saying, "I never doubted you, Mac. I I, I was with you all along." Like that's how you guys are. That's how you people are. Um, okay. I'm starting with you people. You're right. You, you people. Right off the top. You're already you peopling us. Right out the gates. Um, Right out the gates. I'm going to say this, and and you know I like to pat myself on the back, but I've been saying for like almost two years. Short trip. Yeah, yeah. It's a short, luckily, right here. Um, For a couple of years, like he's not likable. And I think that plays into it. His likability factor combined with everything you just mentioned, the year, the, the histrionics on the field, the production, everything. If he were more likable, I think he would have gotten a a longer leash from fans. Ah, so maybe what I talked about earlier on towards later in the season and, of course, uh, our multiple appearances, our award-winning appearances all over the WEI-FM dial. Tons. You haven't seen them? They're up in uh, in the mailroom. Just ask Rachel up uh, up front. I'd like my mom, my agent. It looks like, uh, uh, excuse me, conductor, would you get the music to play Andrew off? Thank you. Um, First, I'd like to make a political statement. Part of what I uh, would like to speak, uh, please welcome these displaced natives. Uh, see, part of what I remember when I was talking about, we, we I think maybe spent a radio segment or two, maybe a little pod piece, but I want to bring it back up. Obviously, the most important piece for Mac Jones getting his ish back together is to just play like, Work with Bill O'Brien, better weaponry, if you will, the offensive line. Everyone can do everything to bring the team together, to advance the cause forward, make Mac look better, et cetera. But it it does, it got like it's kind of important for Mac to go on a little bit of an image rehab tour. Mac needs to do a few things, I think, to sort of make himself seem a little more like a bullish. He can. I don't know that it matters all that much at this point because if he does the likability tour in let's just say May, June, and July and sucks in September, it's irrelevant. And if he doesn't do the likability tour in May, June, and July, and comes out slinging in September, Mm -hmm. it'll also be irrelevant. Because that's, I always say like the Manny Ramirez thing, like man, everybody loved Manny. Why? Because he was going to hit you 35 bombs, knock in 120, and hit 315 while throwing old men to the ground. But listen, well before we found out about him pushing the traveling secretary to the ground in Houston, we all love the fact that it was Manny being Manny. He was like an overgrown man child that had incredible hand-eye coordination, you know, soft wrists and insane power. God, I, that was fine. Like he was a goofball. And then we sort of turned on him a little bit by the end there because the behavior, no matter mm-hmm. the production, uh, became you a little turned on him when he left. It you, you you kicked dirt on his grave on his way out the door. Well, because he kind of pulled a Randy Moss. It was sort of like when Moss was like, "I want a new deal, trade me." And they're like, "Actually, we've got these two great tight ends. We are going to trade you, and we're not going to miss a beat." With Manny Ramirez, it was like, "I want a new deal." Well, we just paid you 160 million dollars. We're not sure if we're going to do that. Yeah, trade me, okay. And they got Jason Bay back, and it wasn't 
that bad a deal at the time, and we missed Manny, but that's okay. But, but the with Mac, like Mac's not production. a goofball. Where he's like, yeah, production. No, he's a dink. That he he's kind of a dink. He he comes off as a dink. And I know yeah. people have rolled it into um, child of entitlement and grew up rich. And um, who was that 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 ripped him on TV? There was somebody. I don't know, but somebody kind of uh, alluded to his, you know, growing up um, a child of privilege and that mm-hmm. is sort of created this. Um, whereas tennis I think Brat. Mac, tennis brat narrative. Yeah. But that's actually that's how, what Mac says. Mac acknowledges that has talked about growing up in tennis in an individual sport where it's just you and how he had to break himself of some of those and probably still hasn't broken himself from some of the. Um, aspects of his character that were honed in that world. And, and I think that's that's true. Like, when you're the centerpiece, it's it's kind of like I have this theory that, you know, mm-hmm. only children are kind of dinks for the most part because they were the center of their world for so long. Yeah, Whereas, there wasn't anyone else to compete with them. It no. helps to actually have brothers and Ab- sisters. And then the most likable people often have brothers and sisters that fought for everything debated everything like it just creates a more normalized human being because the world is not all about you sooner or later you find that out but if you're an only child you don't find it out until you're like 24 and out in the real world whereas you know mac is learning on the fly here as the quarterback but i I still go back to it's just production it is apps now i think there's this group think snowballing nature to it as well. Like it's become mm-hmm. popular to rip Mac. It's pr- become popular to pile on Mac. I think it's la- honestly, I think it's lazy. I think it's but just the same the way world. it was lazy to pile on Patricia last season. Well, but it's lazy in both directions. It's like, as soon as somebody says, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, he's the greatest coach of all time. Nobody has the balls to say, well, is he really? Or is he the way? Like, it's just, it, it becomes the accepted group think Mm -hmm. narrative of the time and i think that's happened with mac because i did tv last night and we kind of went through the quarterback rankings and i ended up with nine minutes in humble brag about television okay thank you just telling you just telling you the facts um i was on the radio good for both of us we we ended up with him at like 15 and that mac is the 15th ranked quarterback yeah it, it was a um as is typical with me it was a segment that was a little all over the map so um but it, it you don't say really yeah, it happens. You don't really stay. You know what, Andy? I like to think whenever you do television or radio, of course, you like to think of yourself as the the true mastermind and brains behind the entire operation. Yeah, uh, energy, oh, okay. yeah, and yeah. good for you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I don't like. I don't usually think of it like you're often uh, want to uh, critique my hosting or my moving yeah. along narratives, taking everything in there. And no, of course not. No, don't even get into the whole like, hey, you used to call yourself a comedian. Be that as it may, it's not so much that you ever are quote on the rails. I think of your narratives and diatribes more as like a bumper car track like there's a fixed set of guardrails to prevent you from either crashing into the infield or careening off into the general population and inflicting mass damage and casualties and that's okay because we have set the parameters you can go this way you can go that way you can kind of careen all over so long as you stay on the track that's how i like to look at it and i think that's why by and large our styles professionally uh mingle nicely here on the podcast now, as for those rankings, just to provide a little contextual healing for the listenership right here, Matt Castle, uh, uh, in these rankings, put out his top 32 quarterbacks and had Matt, Ca- uh, excuse me, Mac Jones at 25th out of 32 heading into the 2023 season. To me, that's too, that's too low, but I'm not saying like, put him in the top 10, he's top 12. 15 to 18 currently, 
best case scenario, he may finish anywhere from 10 to 12 in the where Kirk Cousins is ranked uh, neighborhood, if you will. But these rankings basically seem to be based off of the statisticals of 2022 because following Mac Jones at 26 was Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. Feel how you will about his off-field antics and what, uh, the, wh however far he cranked up the creepo meter. But Deshaun Watson ain't no way he's the 26th best quarterback in the NFL. No, he's top five when he's right and healthy and not rusty. And and if you're just going on big picture, um, the the thing is, you people got all excited when Mac was a top 100 NFL player a year ago, and all the adulation that came his way. That he was too high. He was too high then, and he's too low now. So if you average out the two years, he probably gets to be where he probably should be, as you said, in that 15, 18 range, something in there. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing I, I will state for a fact, if you firmly believe Mac is the 25th best quarterback in the National Football League, mm -hmm. he's, not a, he's not a starting quarterback. He's a guy you're looking to replace right now. Because I believe you have to be in the top 20. The, the bottom 10 to 12 are teams that just have a guy they're sending out there to take the ball, drop back and throw while they are looking to find the next guy. You cannot be the truly, because you know my old school saying, there's starting quarterbacks and guys who start games, and they're not the same thing. And if you're 25th in the NFL, you're just a guy starting games. You're already done. I don't believe that in Mac. I still think there is a chance he's a middling, mediocre, average, slightly above average starting quarterback in the NFL. So it was, it was too low. The list was all over the map for a variety mm, all of over the map and it's it, kind it of just, irrelevant it's it's off-season sure. talking points it's good for radio and podcasts who really gives a rat's katukas where matt castle ranks mac mm -hmm. jones just like who really cares where fitzy and hart rank mac jones like i think a irrelevant. lot of people that make this their number one destination for high quality off-season pa uh, patriots dialogue analysis and conversation care where we rank Mac Jones. I don't okay. particularly have a ranking. I don't, I don't plan on making an official ranking anytime soon. I'd rather say I, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait. I'm going to start formulating real projections after free agency, after any possible trades. And of course, after the NFL draft, uh, one more little nugget here in our opening Pat's Paris of grab bag style, uh, Foxborough variety. And that would be the news that came out Wednesday evening. According to Tom Pelissero, does a fabulous job for the Niffle Network, I believe it's called. Uh, Matt Patricia became the third gentleman to interview for defensive coordinator of the Denver football Broncos following Vance having the time of his life. Joseph, former head coach of the Denver Broncos, no less. And of course, uh, the classy Freddie Blassie of the NFL. Rex Ryan. Um, I, I used to think that I wanted Rex Ryan to get the job the most so I could get him back in the NFL. We could get the theater. We could get the villainy and all that jazz. How badly do you want Matt Patricia to be the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, Andy? Um, well, my first two reactions to this, they're, so Denver is definitely continuing my my Washington-Dan Snyder comparison. They're, they're only interviewing ex-head coaches, big-name guys for coordinator roles. Like, they're putting together. I'm intrigued to see what they try to do personnel-wise as they move forward. All, it's, an all, it's like an old-fashioned – it's like an all-star team from five years ago. Absolutely. And it's it's the Washington way, and it didn't work for oh. them, and I'm not sure it'll work for Denver. Second, I don't know if it's a real interview or not. Because Sean Payton is a friend of Belichick. And okay. So I don't know if this is just a, 
toss my guy a bone, get his name out there, get mm-hmm. him, uh, keep his name in more positive. Oh, oh, get his name back to the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Defense. Cause I effed him last season. So could you do me a solid yeah. and help repair his image? Okay. Absolutely. Now maybe he's a legitimate candidate because he and Rex Ryan both have not coached defense for a while. I find that interesting. No. Rex Ryan, it's been five. It's five no, years? he got, he got canned from uh, Buffalo. I want to say in 2017. So yeah, five years since mm-hmm. he has been a coach. Matt Patricia has been a coach, but I don't know exactly what he's been doing the last couple of years. It has not been coordinating a defense. Mm-hmm. Certainly last year it was coordinating a horrific offense. So both are kind of um, having to knock the rust off if they get the job. But my gut tells me this is a a, a favor from Sean Payton to get to start the rehab process of Matt Patricia because he's too young, right? He's not ready to just go off into the sunset. He's not. He's our age, for God's sake, right? Like he clearly still wants to coach somewhere somehow. And I think this is a start of bringing some legitimate right now. He's kind of what he wore on his shirt getting off that Super Bowl. He's kind of a clown. And I think he has seen that way and he has to start to build some credibility. I think this is the a really good head coach in Denver mm-hmm. building a staff interviewed him. Oh, oh. So Patricia's back in the conversation in the defensive mix. I think this helps him. And I think that's what this is about. Or maybe he could contact, because I'm sure he can get the numbers from the secret Foxborough Rolodex, he could contact Matt Walsh or Dorito Dink and go into the Patriots scapegoat relocation program. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's what he wants to do at this point. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's got in mind. Uh, what we want to do is continue to grow this fabulous Foxborough community of Patriots Talk and Beyond. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. Shout at us anytime you got questions, comments, critiques, and more at FitzyGFY and at Jumbo Hart. Tell your friends Six Rings Pod is here to stay. Multiple episodes all off season long. It is a pleasure to be here with you.